What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copon. It's July 16, 2021, and this is Lift and Learn episode 44. In this episode, I'll be talking about what you need to be doing your first session back in the gym, and that could apply to you if the gyms are opening around you, or maybe that means going back to working out after a lengthy period, or if you're new to the whole fitness life in general. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at liftandlearnpodcast, on Twitter, at liftandlearnpod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. I mentioned it right at the end of last week's episode, and you might have missed it if you didn't listen all the way until the end, but Ontario, Canada is now in stage three of their reopening plan. Oh my god, this is a day I've been waiting for forever. That means a lot of more things, sorry, a lot more things are open. Uh, More importantly, Recreational indoor courts and the gyms are finally now open. After one of the longest, I don't know, if not the longest lockdown in the world, can you hear it in my voice? I feel normal again for the first time in a long time. And I'm actually recording this podcast Friday morning, so I just got back from the gym actually, and what a great first day that was, honestly. The main gym that I go to is a Crunch Fitness, and on their Instagram page, I found out that they were opening at 5 a.m., and that you don't have to book an appointment, so that's great. There's also no hour limit on workouts, which is good too, so I spent about 90 minutes in the gym this morning, and of course I was there at 5 a.m. I gotta be a part of that first crowd. I wasn't trying to take, like, a risk if I showed up at, like, 6.30 and there was a lineup outside. I would have been pissed. I started off by doing lower body on day one because that's the training that I've missed the most with my own home workouts that I've been doing for the past few months. And I'm pretty open about my training on here. And I was squatting 300 pounds in early April, and I just posted that video Maybe yesterday or two days ago on my Instagram, if you follow me, you would have seen it. Well, after three months off, not squatting at all, but I did do lunges and Bulgarian split squats at home. But that first day today, I just squatted 185 pounds for a few reps. And I'm sure I'm going to feel sore tomorrow because that felt like 300 pounds, honestly. And also, my shoulder, just getting into that barbell squat positioning where your back is like tight and your elbows are behind you, keeping your traps tight as well, that actually did not feel great on my shoulder, so I'm going to have to work on getting that mobility back as well. I just didn't think on leg day, I mean, I didn't think that my shoulder would be a problem, but I just noticed that tiny little tweak this morning, so that's something new to work on.
Regardless, I still completed my four sets of squats and the rest of my leg day routine. And I tossed in some calf training at the end there. I promise, I promise, just never close the gyms again. I promise I will never miss another calf workout. It's probably my biggest weak point by far. And I'll be looking forward to my first upper body day, which will be tomorrow, Saturday. So we'll see where I'll be starting when it comes to bench, incline bench, pull-ups and rows, stuff like that. And then I'm thinking about taking Sunday off the gym, but then on Monday I'll be back to a regular routine. These first two sessions are just basically to gauge my strength and then I'll come up with some kind of program to follow for the next few months to try to get back to wherever I was in April or earlier this year with my training. Also, I didn't do cardio at the gym today, and I probably won't until it starts to get cold outside or maybe if it's raining. I'd rather do my cardio on my own time throughout the day instead of just doing everything in a tiny window in the morning. I find that if I don't do cardio at the gym, that'll actually force me to get up and move throughout the day as opposed to the mindset of, oh, I already did my cardio and workout at the gym, so I can just sit down the rest of the day. I mean, when the weather's not nice, though, I'll be doing some cardio at the gym on those days. Honestly, this shoulder was a good thing because I needed the rest. I got into the U.S. in late November, and I absolutely crushed the workouts from then to late April. My bench press went from 100, oh, sorry, 225 for 7 reps, and then I got that up to 305 for a double, My squat went from 235, I think, to 300 pounds, and my deadlifts were almost at all-time PR levels. When I switched my deadlifts to the trap bar handle, I actually have never felt that much weight in my hands before. I think it was 420 was the heaviest day, and I know that trap bar deadlifts are probably the easiest variation, but... I'll be going back to conventional and sumo starting next week since... I actually don't have access to a trap bar anymore since my gym just has the bare essentials. So again, this week, I didn't really read anything interesting that I can remember off the top of my head. So I guess we're on to sports. And let's talk about baseball first. Since there's not much to talk about in hockey this week now that the season's over. Oh wait, actually the Blackhawks made a trade, but whatever, I'll talk about that after. So anyways, earlier this week, it was the Midsummer Classic, which is what I was hearing. Uh, That's what I was hearing the announcers say, a.k.a. the MLB All-Star Days or whatever. I was going to say weekend, but it was actually started on a Monday. So yeah, they started off on Monday with the All-Star stuff, and it was the Home Run Derby. And that was actually pretty exciting, actually. I mean, I haven't watched the home run derby in years probably not since they were doing the old 10 outs rule well now they have the players do a playoff or matchup kind of format now and they try to hit as many home runs as they can in three minutes with an extra minute bonus round so most home runs in four minutes and then i think as the later rounds go on I noticed that the time was shortened to three minutes total so two minute rounds with a bonus minute Well, home run leader was in the contest this year, Shohei Otani, 
who has 33 home runs going into the All-Star break. And in the first round, he ended up facing Juan Soto, and Otani actually started off pretty slow. I didn't think he was going to hit any home runs, but then it got really exciting when he managed to tie it up in the first round, so they had to go to overtime kind of thing. I don't remember how many minutes that was, but another few home runs later, they tied again. And then in a double overtime, the rules were that they had three swings. Soto ended up going first and went three home runs out of three. And then Shohei went up and hit a grounder with his first swing. So he managed to lose, but damn, that was actually really exciting to watch. I think in total between all the competitors, there were over 300 home runs hit. So that was actually not a bad event to watch. The winner, the winner, the winner ended up being Pete Alonso, who actually also won last year, so he's the back-to-back champion. He defended the crown, and he definitely put on a show the whole event. This guy was like dancing, he's like nodding his head to music while crushing bombs. It's pretty sick. And the actual All-Star game was the next day, so Tuesday. Uh, Yeah, the All-Star game was that day, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr., good old Blue Jays player, ended up taking home the MVP award for that night, which is incredible. He became the youngest player, I think, since Ken Griffey Jr. I think you might have heard his name before. So yeah, he was the uh, youngest player to win the All-Star game MVP, which was sick. He had a homer and an RBI in the game. Not huge numbers, but the game wasn't actually that high scoring compared to Something like the NBA All-Star Game, where each team scores like 3,000 points. Alright, so hockey. I mentioned a trade earlier, and it's actually Chicago Blackhawks... (laughs) What's up with me today? Chicago Blackhawks related, and this one's actually kind of sad. Not gonna lie. Duncan Keith, three-time cup champ, Norris winner, blah blah blah. The Blackhawks traded him to Edmonton for Caleb Jones and a third-round pick while retaining no salary, which is the good news. This is definitely a good trade for the Blackhawks since they're not taking any of this salary, which is almost $6 million, and I think Duncan Keith turned 38 today or sometime the end of this week. I think that's what they were saying on the news. So maybe Seth Jones, who's one of the big off-season names, maybe he'll want to come to the Blackhawks now. Which would be insane, but it seems like that's just a story that the writers want to narrate. I don't know if actually having a brother on a team is going to want the other brother to come. Sounds good on paper, but we'll see what happens. Even though it was a good trade, it'll still be sad to see Duncan Keith go, but he did want to trade anyway because his career is probably coming to an end soon, and he just wanted to be closer to his family. Regardless, it's going to be weird not to have Keith out there to start the season, so we'll see how our defense holds up this year, since he was basically our defensive captain out there, so eesh, I don't know. Basically, we'll have to see who can fill his role. And last but not least, on to the NBA season, which is going to end next week. The finals are now tied between the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks, each team won both of their home games, so the series is tied 2-2. Two to two. I have a feeling this one's going to go 7 games with the way both teams managed to defend home court. 
I think I'm still leaning towards Phoenix, though. I just want to see Chris Paul finally get a ring. He deserves one. Things to know when starting out in the gym. So this topic is actually kind of a part two from last week. In last week's episode, my client asked me what to do to prepare for the gym. So basically, what can you do before the gyms open up in your area or before your first day back in the gym? And this is kind of the follow up or what exactly to do when the gyms actually are open and it's day one all over again. So instead of just going in there on the first day and lifting the heaviest weight you can for every exercise, I'll be going over what you can actually do to capitalize on making gains the right way or gaining the most amount of muscle you can while also losing body fat and the best way to do that the most efficient way possible. Also, this is going to be the first episode where I just talk about this one topic because honestly, I have a lot of notes for this topic. And because this topic is going to be super important at this time, because I've been getting a lot of questions about this one, and because some of my clients are listening as well, and because the gyms are just opening in my hometown. So, okay, gyms are open again, finally, where I am. So I figured it would be a good time to talk about this one. They just opened the gyms this morning, so this topic is perfect, because I'll basically be giving you a guide on what to do when you get in there. If it's your first day at the gym, this is what you should be doing. First off, you need to train according to your own ability. And for this, genetics and past history with training and sports and just movement in general will play a factor here. If you're someone who doesn't have a sports background of any sort, then you might have to start off by working on some kind of stabilization and coordination type of movements before you get into something like a shoulder press over the head. And that's because if you don't have that coordination when it comes to where your hand or arm is moving with some weights in your hands, especially if you're doing something like shoulder press over the head, and if that weight becomes too heavy for you, then the weight is just going to come right back down, and it's going to come back down on your head, so you got to be careful. Performing something as simple as doing an overhead press may already be tough to do if you haven't had the need to raise your arm over your head in years. This means you may notice when doing things like a shoulder press, you may notice that when you get close to failure or failing a rep, your arms may give out, and if they do, like I said, the weight's going to land right on your head, so that's why you need to be careful. This is something that I've had a lot of experience with since my clientele are usually older, so like over 40 or sometimes 50, 60 year old range. So this is something that's a huge focus for me to teach them. So if you're someone who doesn't have a fitness background, then starting slowly is going to be important and you might have to work on that stabilization for a while. And talking about coordination and stabilization... That kind of leads into the next point when it comes to doing exercises and movements in the gym. And that means practicing proper form before even thinking about adding weight. If you're new to all this, then you may notice that your stabilizing muscles are weaker, and that's fine. Just keep on practicing and getting stronger the proper way, and that'll benefit you more than just using the heaviest weights you can, which could cause injury and will set you back even farther from your goals. 
Practice your exercises and make sure you're doing them with the proper form so that you'll reduce your risk for unnecessary injuries that could happen. So if you already have that stabilization and can perform the compound movements properly at the gym, then the next step is to take full advantage of newbie gains. What does that mean? Okay, so that means eating right. So you're going to need to be eating an adequate amount of protein, a gram per pound of body weight. So someone that's 150 pounds should generally try to get 150 grams of protein daily as well. That'll maximize any possible muscle growth. And you can also do that slowly as well. Like, for example, if you notice that you only eat 80 grams of protein a day, then doesn't really make sense to just bump it all the way to 150 right away. Just try to increase it 10 or 20 grams per week until you get to that desired goal. So tracking your food, you can use apps for that, like MyFitnessPal or whatever other app out there. Tracking your food and especially your protein intake is going to make sure that your workouts aren't going to just go to waste and that you're actually building muscle. Okay, let me backtrack a bit. So when you're new to the gym or going back into the gym after a long layoff, newbie gains are going to happen. Newbie gains are basically when you're new to the gym. And because working out and exercising are something new that you're doing or doing to your body, then you'll build muscle and lose fat quicker than someone who's been lifting for 20 years or something, for example. And that's because of the shock you're putting on your CNS and your body in general. So to take full advantage of this, diet and the amount of protein you're eating will help you with that process of building muscle. And also when it comes to newbie gains, you may notice that your strength will increase pretty quickly so you got to have a plan to get stronger, like a solid exercise program. So we covered doing exercises with proper form. Make sure your diet is on point when it comes to your protein intake so that you can take full advantage of your newbie gains. And something else that will help you maximize the amount of gains you can make, especially when you're just starting out in the gym, is by tracking your progress in the gym. Write as many notes as you want. Yeah, tracking reps and sets and weights are important, and that's mandatory. And you can easily keep track of both of those things by using apps or just good old pen and paper. But you can also document things like the effort, like RPE, or how hard or easy that day was. So by tracking, you'll be able to maximize those newbie gains, which is where you're building muscle and losing fat the most because of that new stimulus you're sending your body which is you working out after a long layoff. Of course, if you still have to work on mobility when doing a squat, for example, then do that first before trying to get strong and half-repping your squats. Like I said earlier, proper form is going to be the key, but when you have that nailed down, that's when it's time to build or follow a program that's tailored to you getting stronger. That'll cause you again to build muscle and lose fat much more efficiently than just going on whatever cardio machine you choose that day. I've said it before, but if gyms are reopening around you, ease into the process. Don't just try to lift whatever weights you were lifting before, especially if you haven't had access to the gym for a few months, or maybe you've had limited access, or maybe you even haven't worked out at all. And that's why tracking helps here. 
write yourself a solid plan where you're building strength over a certain amount of time. Like maybe you want to go up three pounds a week in a certain exercise. Now, of course, you're not going to be able to sustain that type of progress forever, but at first you may be able to increase your strength pretty quickly when you're in that newbie gains phase, which is where I'll be starting out too, since I just came off from rehabbing my shoulder and I didn't have access to heavy weights at home, so I was more focusing on stability movements and isolation exercises with one body part at a time. So when I stepped into the gym this morning and did squats for the first time in a while, I know for sure that I'll be sore tomorrow, even though I didn't push it. It just takes a little bit of extra stress on your muscles to start this process of making gains. And this kind of ties into easing into the process, but it's something called ego lifting. Just don't do it. The opposite of the Nike slogan. Focus on proper form and execution first. Personally, this one has gotten me a few times when I was younger, and it's something that the younger lifters tend to struggle with. And that's probably even worse now that social media has completely taken over our lives, and seeing people on there lifting heavyweight might get you in a similar mindset to do the same thing, or maybe you want to test your one rep max constantly. Ego lifting is just another reason why you need to plan what you're going to do in the gym. That'll stop you from just going into the gym and just doing whatever weights you feel like because you see someone else who's stronger than you lifting in there, or maybe there's a cutie in the gym that you want to impress or something. So plan properly, and you should be able to make or gain strength over time. You just need to be patient. Increasing in something like a squat, just 5 pounds a week, doesn't sound like much, but... That's actually 40 pounds over a two-month period, which would be incredible if you could actually sustain that kind of strength gain over an eight-week period. And like I said, ego lifting is something that I've had to go through when I was younger. I had to reset my own squat because of this years ago, but now it's better than ever. It's still far from perfect. It's a constant battle to perfection. If you're new to the gym... Don't worry so much about the weight you're lifting at first. Instead, just focus on doing exercises with proper form, which may already be challenging for some people. This one's especially important, especially if you're younger and if you spend a bunch of time on social media. I've been seeing a lot of young lifters or new lifters focus so much on building up to their one rep max or something like that while trying to build the perfect physique. And that's pretty counterintuitive. It doesn't make sense because maximal strength isn't going to build a physique that you want. So working up to a set where you're doing a one rep max or a set of two reps isn't going to stimulate much muscle at all. Well, it will stimulate muscle, but it won't really build it because you're not tearing the muscles. Uh, One rep max does have some value to see where your strength is or if you're planning on becoming a power lifter. But if you're doing that more than once a week and you're trying to build a physique or gain muscle and lose body fat, then it becomes pretty pointless. And this kind of leads into the next point here. Write what you're going to do and go into the gym with a plan. If your plan is to build muscle, then you should be doing most of your workouts in a 5 rep on the low end 
and possibly up to 15 or even 20 reps on the high end. Ideally, I do believe that a 8 to 12 rep range is going to be the sweet spot for most people, but at the same time, I don't think sticking to that rep range forever is... It's always going to be good to switch things up after 8 to 12 weeks or so, or every 2 to 3 months. Maybe that means doing a routine where you're doing your reps in the 8 to 12 range for 3 months, then following that up by following a program where you're working in a 5 to 8 rep range for another 3 months. Your programming should be switched up every 8 to 12 weeks, depending on if your progress starts to stall and you've been consistent with your workouts. And last but not least, just focus on doing your own workout. Don't stare at others. If you're new to the gym, you might stick out like a sore thumb. Uh, So honestly, just focus on what you're doing in there. People may stare at you, but if you're focusing on yourself and what you're doing, then don't worry about what others are doing. Of course, that's going to be a tough one for me to just tell you on here, but it's something to try to get used to, especially if you're a female going into the gym. If you're lucky enough, then find a gym that has a female-only area so that you can feel more comfortable. In general though, everyone going into the gym needs to just focus on their own goals and their own workout. Don't judge others because you don't want them judging you. It could be someone's first day in the gym, you don't know their journey, and them just getting up and getting to the gym may already be progress for most people, honestly. And if you're in there and need help, then just ask for it. Maybe don't ask the bigger guys who are slamming the weights though, but usually if anyone can help you in the gym, then they probably will, even though they might look intimidating. So if it's your first time in the gym, there's a little guide for you. If it's your first time in a brand new gym, then just walk around for the first few minutes, find out where the machines are, and plan your routine for that day. Maybe that also means starting on the treadmill and gathering your thoughts and gaining some focus. Of course, you're going to want to warm up properly as well. And then after that, start your workout. Make sure you do a warm up or at least a practice set or two before deciding on what weight to use. Make sure to go in there and do exercises with proper form. Track whatever you do so that you know what to surpass next time. Let that ego go and just focus on your own programming or training routine and do that consistently and you should be pretty successful achieving whatever your goals are. And that concludes episode 44 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.